Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. You know, people that listen to this podcast and people that people that are like us, people that are 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 constant world challengers. Um we're few and far between. We're a pretty small percentage. Yeah, I would say that uh, it's uh, you know, I think part of the, I don't know when we're doing the uh, podcast subject, but oh yeah, hey, let's we could just use that to roll right into the actual podcast subject. Clearly, guys, this will be a two part one this week and next week, but we're gonna roll <laughs> right through it, and I'll uh, I'll cut it in the middle, and we'll we'll call it two podcasts because there's no way I'm posting a two hour podcast on <laughs> on a fucking Monday. I'm not Joe Rogan. No, let's roll right into it. All right, it's um yeah, because I talked to you about it, and it's like we covered the okay, who's in your inner circle, um podcast, and it's just um in the last few weeks, the people that I've talked to, um the events that I've gone to, um you know most of the events were fundraisers for different type of five hundred one c threes, um completely different, 
And, but the thing is, I see almost the same people at all these functions. And, um, and what I do is I listen and engage in the conversations with, you know, different types of people. And it's funny because the other day, uh, um, one of the guys we know at the gym was, was talking about how it's just such a drag when he goes to work in the place that he goes, because the people that are there are just, you know, um, consumers, you know, they show up. And these are the ones that if you go to a bar and drink on a Friday night, 25 years from now, you're sitting at the bar still, you know, doing the same thing, talking about small talk and gossip. And he's like, man, it's, it's so draining to be around that. And uh, I'm like, yeah, it is because you're spending, you know, this, this dude works five, six days a week, you know, 10 to 12 hours a day. And I'm like, if you take that mathematically, you're spending, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week surrounded by these people. And it's, you know, it's, it's negative, you know, it may not be like shredding somebody to pieces, but it's just, it doesn't add anything to your, to your mindset. And, um, and these people that, you know, I talk to at these, uh, fundraisers, these are people that always get criticized because quote, they're wealthy. But the thing is, you know, they had to work and they had to invest time uh, their own time and efforts into producing what they have, the wealth that they have, but now they're turning around and they're doing something about it. And like I said, it's the, you know, five or six groups that I deal with in our county. I always see the same people there donating. And what's crazy is like uh, a lot of people, a lot of these events overrun, like the Thursday night event, I told you that, you know, um, I did a contract security contract for, um, the same people would show up there and would talk to, you know, like this one was, this was an event that was building a um, facility, um, a secure facility for women that get recovered that are trafficked to protect them and to get them to a program to reacclimate them back into life. And this was a vision from um, the, the chairman that basically started this from nothing and just, you know, within overnight raised like $1.3 million for this, you know, this 501c3 and they haven't taken a penny from it. You know, they do their regular jobs during the day, but they invest all their time into this to help. They didn't have a background in this. It was just what they felt called and led to do because it was a hole that needed to be filled in society that's not being filled. And, um, you know, there's people that show up there they see what's going on, talk to the architects, they cut a check, and then they leave to go to the next event to see what they can do to help out in another one. And the other one that I was working with was, a, it's it's a suicide a group against, uh, you know, not just veterans, but also young people that have been taking their lives because of affluent. You know, we've talked about that in past podcasts. And uh, these same people are there and these same people are serving. These same people that get criticized because they're considered wealthy, but it goes back to, you know, what I've talked about before is when you go in a hospital wing, all those names that are engraved into that wall, you know, these are people that have donated their own money either directly or through a foundation to support that facility for other people and are not getting anything back out of it. So, um, you know, those are people when you get in conversations with, it's really enriching. You know, it enriches your life, challenges you to be a better human being uh, versus, you know, sitting at a bar or, you know, 
the same old, same old run around talking about, you know, what's going on with Joe Bob. You know, he crashed his tractor into the tree the other day because he was drunk. So that's why I just feel it's so important who you surround yourself with. You know, are they challenging you to be a better human being all the way around? Because if they're not, then it goes back to that podcast. You have to do whatever it takes to surround yourself with a better inner circle. And I think that not off topic, but one thing that jumped to me is how influential that group of, for the affluent suicide, how stories like that being shared could improve the perspective of so many people that are challenged living with nothing or living with what they think is not enough. You know, not that right. it's my, not that it's any, it's never my story to tell, but if those people that have, that have lived through that have lost children, have lost brothers and sisters, have been through it themselves and been saved, right? If those people found the strength to share their story, those stories would be so enlightening to anyone out there that thinks that, that they just need more and eventually they'll be happier. Right? Yeah. Because that is the archetypal story of I just need this next thing. I, I'm not successful. Um, you know, I can't buy this car. I can't, um, you know, I, I, I'm worried about how to pay my bills. I'm, 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 not sure if I'll ever, you know, be able to not work. And, and these people get so depressed about this and right there is like, it's, it's a choice, right? Like you don't have to be comfortable at your income bracket, but you can still be happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just realistically evaluating where you're at in life and you know, it's, Getting it out of your head, um, the biggest thing that kind of ran over my head over and over and over the last few weeks is that, you know, happiness, a lot of us spend time pursuing and searching out happiness. And um, I think it goes back to a podcast we talked about before where I think we were going back and forth about, um, you know, sometimes we do things because, you know, we have to get a good feeling out of it. But there's, you know, for for some of us, like on the veteran side, I know, We've done things out of duty. You know, we just do it out of duty. And every once in a while, you find happiness along the way. But it, happiness is just a fleeting, you know, feeling. But to just do things out of out of duty, to find where the holes and the gaps are and that you you need to fill it, that's, that's a mission. That's a goal. Some of us are just wired that way. And um, that's what I see with, you know, all these people. And these are the conversations that it's based around is these are always like, what can I do to help? You know, it's like, uh, I was at the event on Thursday night. Um, the one for the, uh, the traffic women, the home for the traffic women. And, um, you know, Austin, I get a message from one of my reps out of California and it's like, Oh, here, I got some numbers for your proposal. You know, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, I'm at this event. And then, uh, she said, oh, can you send a link? What event is that? It sounds interesting. I send, you know, her link. And then all of a sudden she's like, well, what, what can we do? 
you know, what can I do? Not just, you know, cutting a check or whatever. What can I do to help, you know, I can help, uh, those women get, you know, uh, resumes, um, uh, help them, you know, look for, for job, what kind of, some kind of training, you know, whatever you need, you know, I'll do. And there's just, there's not enough people in the world like that. And I encourage, it doesn't, you don't have to be wealthy no. to be at these things. No. You know, sometimes it's just, you know what, it's a hundred dollar ticket that gets donated hundred percent to the cause, but sometimes to just network in that space and evaluate, you know, where you are and okay, how can these people help me become a better, you know, human being is, is priceless. And I, I challenge people to remember, you remember, uh, remember the movie taken Liam Neeson. Oh, I've seen it. I've never seen the uh, never seen it? movies. Okay, so. It just, that's the lines from it. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's where I'm going to go with this one, right? And and so Liam Neeson's a, a, a contract killer, basically, I think. I think he's a contract assassin. They steal his daughter. And, and his daughter gets accidentally taken um, because they think that she's a wealthy girl at the airport. And this drug, you know, kingpin mafia, Russian mafia type group takes her to to blackmail her and uh and and she she call she's talking to liam neeson and uh when she gets taken because they they break into the house where she's staying and um she's on the phone with liam neeson and they take her and he's still on the phone and somebody picks up the phone and he's like i just want you to know that I have a skill base that is going to make it so that I can track oh, you and I can find you. I have, you know, I have a unique set of skills. That's what he says. And that's what I want people to understand is you are, you are unique and you have unique things to provide to every organization, every group, every, every philanthropic, philanthropic mission, whatever that word would be in that yeah. situation, every situation, you have a unique set of skills that you are going to be able to offer. And it may have nothing to do with money. It may be, it may be, you know, an amazing, uh, you know, dish that you can make. It may be uh, some beautiful hand lettering that you can do for their invitations. It could be so many different things. Like you are you and all the things that have happened to you up until today make you who you are. Be proud of those. Be, own those. Stand in your shoes. Stand on the top of the fucking mountains that you have climbed because you have shit to offer to these organizations. And I think that's where a lot of people, they're not, they're not not giving people. They just think, what do I have? to? I'm just little old me. Yeah. What I mean, do I have to offer? And that's, uh, that's what I see is there's maybe a lot of people that are scared to go because they're like, well, I don't have a thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars to drop. And guess what? You don't have to. I mean, I've been involved with a lot of these groups where I've just given my time because the time is so much more valuable. Uh, what I've noticed in, you know, a lot of groups that even that I'm not directly involved with, but I've volunteered for is, yeah, they have to hold events to raise funds. You know that mm -hmm. because how else are you going to do it? Right. And, you know, they have, there's people that work the background, whether it's, a, um, you don't have to be a professional sound person, but every event needs a sound person. Every event needs somebody to guess what, coordinate, just, uh, bringing in products that were donated for an auction. Right. Um, but it's, it's every event I've been needs a lot of people in the background to just serve. And guess what? These people are a hundred percent appreciative. Even if you give an afternoon to help, guess what? Set up a bunch of chairs or put up a stage 
or just clean, blow up some balloons. It's, and it's not even just the event. Sometimes they just need uh, people to just drop off old stuff or go drive something. Like one time I had to pick up a bunch of risers for an event. I'm like, sure, I got a truck, just throw them in there and I'll just drop them off. It's, it's not, you don't have to have this like extravagant red carpet rollout and you walk in and it's like, Hey, I'm here to volunteer. It's a lot of these are just down and dirty, just planning. It's almost like planning a cookout, but you're, you're planning a huge event and everybody, no matter what part stage of life they're in are super appreciative. And, um, yeah, I just encourage you that, you know, when people ask me, oh, well, what should I do? What should I uh, plug into? It's like, I don't know. It's whatever your passions are. If you're a Christian, you just pray for the opportunity and I guarantee those opportunities pop up. Um, otherwise it's just, what are you passionate about? And if, even if you're not passionate about it, just say, okay, I just want to help somewhere. And this is the first place to start. And you start networking with these people that you'll see are in the same circles from cause to cause to cause. Cause they're just, they want to help out. Think of, you know, there's, there's two points that I want to make here that, that go right along with, right along with what you're saying. And one of them is, is the, the all ropes pulling in the same direction, right? If you have one, if you have one, one awesome salesman, right? And he's your, he's your main guy that goes out there and, and he raises funds, right? He's the fundraiser. He calls oh, yeah. all the people that he knows and, and he does an amazing job and he brings in a hundred grand of, of, you know, donations to your, to your charity. That's cool. That's good. He's, he's, he's a good dude, but guess what? A thousand really average normal people that believe in your charity, believe in your cause, guess what they can do. And, and when you have a vast network of people that know a hundred people each or 10 people each or five people each, the size of what you can do in a scope is so drastically different than when you have five board members that are literally doing all of the calling. Yeah. You know, that's exactly it. And even within the board and like the boards I've been involved with, um, uh, for example, uh, there's a, a women's shelter that, you know, I was part of the first board for the reason I was part of the first board was they had nobody in logistics. So they basically had like a group of people that had all vision, but nobody to follow through the vision. So nothing came to fruition. There was no building or anything for, I don't know, a couple of years until all of a sudden there was uh, myself and another guy that's uh, st- solid in logistics came in. And once you get the group of different types of people, and I'm telling you, I don't know what the thing is, but all of the people that are great at fundraising and going out there and getting people to donate things for auctions are realtors. They're like super high energy off the wall, high caffeinated or something. But when they're involved in the board, they're great with vision and going out there and getting stuff. Um, the ultimate, the, the visionary who starts it is great with what they want to see, but a lot of times they can't put it together. So they need you know, the quiet logistic people that are like, okay, well, you're going to kind of need this and it's going to cost you this much. So you need all kinds of different people. It's like the human body, you know, the eyes have their own purpose. Ears have their own purpose, but it all works together. And, um, you know, never think that there's, you know, you don't need to be an executive to be part of a board. So you could work at Walmart as a greeter and still be on a board and, um, provide good insight. Cause you need all different perspectives to move that train. So 
And then the, the second point that I have that goes along with that is when you talked about um, where are your passions, right? And I think that a lot of people, there's a lot of people that do this thing in life where they just kind of roll with momentum and their next significant other comes from a friend group of 20 people or from work, right? Or the only real friends they have are from work or from high school right? The two places that you had to spend time with people Oh yeah. or all, all these different, all these different things that people do that just, they're just rolling off of the momentum of places that they had to be or people that they, that they have, you know, already in their lives. And I think that it's kind of like that with some of these, um, with some of the, the, these events and these, these, uh, missions. Right. And it's like, well, I know, you know, Cindy Lou, loves the, you know, this certain cancer society. So I'm going to ask her if, if she needs any help and you may have never been touched by this certain type of cancer. You may never have anybody, you never might have never even heard of it. You can give some of your time, you know, if you, if you're invest your time, you're going to be helpful, you know? Yeah. But if you sat down and really thought about something that you have a passion, you have an emotional connection, you know, your mother died of breast cancer or your sister was trafficked or your son overdosed on opioids, right? You have a fucking internal drive to fix this problem. Now imagine yourself having to call and ask for money. Call random people and ask for, ask for donations. If you're calling and asking for a donation for a cancer that you've never heard of, you're going to call. You're going to have a little bit of passion. You're, you're, you're trying to help your friend out, right? Versus like, you have a fucking story. You have a story that is going to put an emotional bug inside someone, is going to light a fucking fire in them to get their checkbook out or to go online and make that credit card donation. And when you are calling, you are doing, for the lack of a better word, God's work, right? You are going to produce 10x. Versus what you would if you had zero passion. So think about things that you are really driven to do. You know, if you are, if, if you're a, you know, if, if you're a guy like us, that's never had to deal with women's rights, are you going to be a great women's rights fundraiser? Probably not. Not unless you're one of those, what do they call those guys that are incels, involuntary celibates. <laughs> I don't know. Um, unless you're, you're, unless you're one of those guys, right? You're one of those sneaker fish. Um, but you're probably not going to be that passionate about it versus if you've been accused of rape before and you did not do it, but you were looked at as a demon because you cannot question a woman that, that, that says that she's been raped, you are going to be pretty fucking passionate about trying to provide help for men that are in the situation that you've been in. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you find your passions uh, just by, you know what, how can I help? May not be something you know much about, but, you know, you help. So, I mean, half the groups that I'm in don't even relate to things that I would have even thought of years ago. But it's just finding the gaps and where you can help because guess what? Uncle Sam isn't going to, you know, create half these uh, these organizations to help. And all these organizations uh, make sure that they don't get tied, you know, um, as a 501c3 that has to get funded by the feds because once you do that then also now you're you have to play to the 
the placate to the stipulations of what the are feds. the what are the differences there um oh being private versus a public uh, 501c3 yeah um so if you're technically a public and there's a lot of um stipulations under that um you can apply for federal funding to you know get x amount of dollars you, but you have to do a lot of grant writing for that so that's why you see like these big organizations um Oh, what's one uh, pancreatic cancer, right? So you have grant writers on staff that basically every year, basically you got to, you know, keep writing and then you have to justify it to Uncle Sam that, hey, we spent this money on this this year. Uh, the privates, um, a lot of the privates are either um, Christian-based, you know, church-based, or they just don't want to get tied into the feds. Um, rely solely. What are the uh, numbers for that one? That's still 501c3? Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's just the okay. Just the funding where the funding. Just okay. yeah. Exactly. How you can qualify for funding. So okay. yeah, if you're a yeah privately held or Christian based, obviously the government isn't going to fund you because you know you have a religious base to you, um, and some just choose not to accept federal money so that you don't get you know thrown Fe- under that umbrella. And those are ones that yeah they rely a lot on just um, the one on one, you know personal donations, um, which are amazing because those are very successful 501c3s. And then they're very transparent with their books. Um, and a lot of these people are ones that started, like I said, have have money and they don't take a single cent. So there's nothing going to the overhead. Um, obviously, you know, on, on a shelter, we've had to hire a director. So you have one paid staff there and then the rest are volunteers. So yeah, it's, uh, there's so many around. I mean, it's kind of like buying a car, right? You buy a, buy a Volkswagen Jetta, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I see a ton of Volkswagen Jettas around. Well, if you spend time looking at 501c3s where you can help out, guess what? All of a sudden you're just going to find just unlimited amount in your area, in your county, you know, in your state that you can get involved with. So food for thought. Food for thought. So there's there's one big thing with engineering your circle, right? Is anyone that is, um, what's the word for people that, that are very giving like that? There's a word for those type of people. Well, philanthropists, but I... Yeah, that might be, not be the right word. Anyways. Yeah. Any, it, you're, those are generally good people. They're people that care. They're people that are willing to invest their time. Um where else where else can can we go to kind of to grow our circle with good people like that well i mean going back to that it's like you you know the old adage where you know there's a single women that are like well where do i go to find a good dude you know and they always are told well you can go to church and find a good you know church guy or go to a grocery store and find the dude that shaking a melon or something well if if that's your mindset you know, go volunteer. Guess what? It's, um, it's a really big thing when you, um, in this job market today to look at somebody's resume and we have, you know, HR go through our resumes, but you know, one of the key things that, you know, I've looked for over the years and a lot of people, um, for high end, like especially, uh, corporate jobs is they look at the section and hopefully you have a section. If you don't, please add this to your resume is what have you volunteered for? So 
you know, you can go through the work experience, yada, yada. Yeah, everybody's got work experience, but it doesn't tell me a whole lot about the person. But if I scroll down your resume or a page two of your resume is please don't make a resume more, more than two pages or it gets shuffled. Hint. Um, is what what does this person volunteer for? That tells me a lot about that person's heart and where they're at. Oh, they did like five years doing this, you know. It doesn't have to be the Peace Corps. It's just, okay, what have they done in their community? What what have they been involved with? Have they been part of a board? It tells me a lot about, okay, have they coordinated anything? Have they provided input? You know, not just monetary. And that says about, a lot about a person. So that's a hint. So a lot of these high-end jobs, that's what they're looking for. So you can put all your PhD, you know, MBAs and everything on top of there, but it doesn't catch the attention of HR and the, the high end, the hiring, you know, officer, not just a manager, the officer, then nothing appeals more than the volunteer side. So there's just a hint. So volunteering, where else do we look? Where else do we look for, for, to, to bring good people into our life? I would say, um, any place that involves doing something you're passionate about because you're going to find like-minded people, right? Whether yeah. it is, whether it's a, whether it's a golf league or, um, a, a, a craft event or a fishing expo or I'm trying to think of random things that people are interested in. I don't know. There's, there's conferences that you can attend on almost anything. So you, like you said, you know, there's, if you have a passion about something, Guess what? You could go to the whatever the alien conference of whatever, or you can go to the AI conference. And guess what? You meet a ton of people. I mean, I was uh, I was part of a group called uh, DScoop, a digital solutions co-op, which was international. And I've met some amazing people that, you know, we still keep in contact from all different countries. And what that does not only is just uh, it enriches yourself on the um, squared away you know, physically, spiritually, mentally, and even physically, you know, challenged because man, you, you meet some crazy people that have some crazy habits and you're like, wow, especially other countries, other cultures, other foods, you name it. It's, it's enriching and it really helps build you up. Then what you're saying is like, you know, instead of just being the, well, my friends are the people I work with or my friends are the people I went to high school with. Yeah. Then you're just going to default to you know, whatever the cream of the crop of that group is. But when you start meeting people from other cultures and just realizing that, wow, my world doesn't revolve around, in our case, you know, Madison, Wisconsin, there's so much out there. Um, it changes your perspective on life. And, and like I said, these conferences are everywhere. You know, you don't have to just get on a web conference. Why not take a trip to, if you want to go to Vegas, there's a million conferences out there. And take a four or five days, go to a conference, go there and gamble or, you know, go see some desert. I don't know. What do people like to do in Vegas other than gamble and I see mean, right all now, just the weather would be nice, right? Like just some, that's true. Just some pool time would be amazing about now. I haven't had any pool time in a while. Yeah. I mean, just if you have a real interest in something like, yeah, you AI, right? Go to an AI conference and you just, you know, your network just, exponentially gets better not every person you meet is going to be you know great and uplifting but guess what you have a better chance there than just sitting in your home and you know playing video games so what's your go-to to start talking start talking to people when you're at a play when you're at a conference like that when you're at an at an event like that like what is, what's your 
what do you do to just open up conversations with people? Because everybody's a little different on this. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I was just at the the International uh, Ocean Freight Conference, and it literally, I like had to just stand at a table. You know, I was talking with um, uh, the guests that invited me, and um, all of a sudden, yeah, you just you look at somebody's name tag and you're like, oh, you're from, you're from uh, Quebec. And we started talking, just small talk, like, oh, how's weather up in Quebec, you know? But then you you get to the questions right away. Just stop making, don't make small talk. Don't waste your life making small talk. Like, well, what are you going to do tonight? Oh, what bar are you going to go tonight? Just, you know, start asking deeper questions. It's like, okay, so what do you do? Oh, what is that? What does that company do? Oh, what's your expertise? And you start really just asking deep questions and you start engaging in much more, um, I guess more substantial conversation and you start learning you know, like, Oh shit. I didn't know they did that in Canada. Oh, and they start going, I don't know how they shipped that in Canada. Oh, I didn't know the, that was their tax code, you know, in that area. And you just, you learn a lot. And then all of a sudden, uh, yeah, somebody eats, uh, I don't know, live snakes for breakfast or something. And you're like, Oh shit, why would you do that? And then they convince you that, Oh, it's not bad. And then you try it. And I mean, it's just shit like that. The, the honest, general curiosity in people, I think is, is one of the biggest things there that a lot of people really like to talk about themselves and they go into a situation like that, not being curious about other people, yeah, literally just waiting for a question about themselves so they can answer it. If you can reprogram your mentality to be truly holistically curious about all the people around you. Some people it's going to be like talking to this door right here. Oh, yeah. hi door. What are you made out of? Oh, wood. What do you do? Oh, you close that hole. Sounds good. That's, yeah. that's all you're going to get. But guess what? That's all that door has to give you. Yeah. There's, there's nothing more that that door has that you can explore about it, you yeah. know, versus you got to, you might have to, you might have to, talk to five doors before you find one giant opening room of Narnia. Right. Yeah, exactly. But the only way to get to that giant opening room of Narnia is the is to be truly curious. And if you're truly curious and you, and you, and you go up and, and you see, right. So you, you gotta have an, there's going to have to be some sort of less awkward icebreaker. So there's something that you have yeah. in common, you know, Oh, where'd you get that shirt? I like that shirt. Stupid. Yes. But you have to, you can't just go and be like, Hey, where are you from? You know, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what do you want to do with your life? <laughs> right? Like you can't, you, oh, yeah. you got to kind of ease into it. Otherwise you're just the fucking weird guy, you know? Yeah. And that's why I know a lot of people don't like, you know, wearing lanyards and name badges at conferences, but guess what? That is the ultimate icebreaker because you got the person's name on there, where they're from company that they work for. So you already got a tip off and you can do the same thing as, you know, another great place is a gym. You know, you don't have the lanyards at a gym, but guess what? You know the dude or the gal that is doing a very cool workout. One, you can see the product. I mean, they look like they're, you know, either freaking jacked or on their way. And they're really focused on what they do. And you literally can walk them and say, hey, that's, yeah, I see what you're doing. Or somebody that's like on their way. You know, they're not quite there, but they're working hard at you. Like, hey, I noticed... Man, you put a lot of effort in it. You show up every day. Boom, that starts a conversation. And say, hey, my name is, you know, Joe Bob. 
and then boom, that goes. In a conference, it's real easy because you get tipped off and then when you're done with the conversation or it's just you got the next thing going, you grab a business card and guess what? Now you got communication for life with that person. And with social media, you can link up on LinkedIn, you can link up on, you know, Facebook or Instagram. You know, preferably at those uh, is LinkedIn because you don't want to give your whole life away there. So you actually have to pay attention to your LinkedIn for that to work. Yeah. But link, LinkedIn for me, I mean, it works, works pretty good. I have a larger network on LinkedIn than my regular social media because at least you can kind of, you're protected by, you know, your business. Oh, I, I agree a hundred percent. I don't have, I just, I just, I just have never taken the time. I bought the book. I bought, I bought a book about like LinkedIn and how to like, how to, how to basically use it and how to really, you know, understand the yeah. differences. And I just never took the time to never took the time to build that network, never took the time to, to grow, you know, that those connections and just, that's, that's just me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, being and be right. Like if you think that someone is, is interesting and you think that they would be a good addition to your network, right? Treat it kind of like you're courting the opposite sex, right? Oh, yeah. Be, be, um, appreciative you know, give feedback, open them up, you know, ask, ask questions about what they're, what they're talking about, or, you know, give them compliments about things that you know that they've done, right? It's your, you, it's just like, it's a personal relationship. You might, yeah. you know, you might not be trying to, trying to marry the person, but it's still a personal relationship. Yeah. You're still building a relationship. It's like, um, you know, the, the guy I ran into, uh, at the airport. I told you about that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gave a donated the flag. It's, um, you know, he's, it ends up, he's a, a director for, for a business. And, um, he's like, yeah, you know what? The next time I'm in the, that Pennsylvania area, let's, let's get together for dinner and just chat. And then you just, uh, we kept him in contact like through LinkedIn or through, you know, text. That's all you have to do. It's like, Hey, you know, the next time I'm in your area, let's just grab a bite to eat. Let's just catch up, you know? And that's the big thing about conferences, um, if you don't go to a lot of them, is the conference lasts all day. And in the evening, there is always either an event. And if there's not a specific event, there's a, either a bunch of events that you, you have to choose from. Or you just say, hey, you know what? The people you meet, the most interesting people that you have, hey, why don't we all get together and go, go out to a steakhouse? You know, it's well worth the investment. And if... Um, if it's really important to you, um, I'm trying to think of the story I heard once is, um, this one guy was learning to become an entrepreneur and what he would do is he would meet these, or he'd reach out to these people that were successful entrepreneurs that normally are like, you know, celebrity type status. And he's like, you know what? I'm willing to pay for a flight out and meet you just for, just give me 30 minutes of your time over. I'll pay for lunch and everything. And that's what this guy did. And that's what his path to success was, was he got little nuggets from all these, you know, influential entrepreneurs and became a successful entrepreneur himself. But he was willing to say, hey, what, I'm, I'm going to foot the bill to fly out to wherever you're at so that, you know, you're not inconvenienced and then give you a free meal and then and learn. And don't mistake the positive influence helping someone has right so like 
not necessarily in a conference setting, but in a, in a, in a friendship setting, in a gym setting or at a, at a barbecue or something, right? Like if you are, if you're, if, if you're at a barbecue that Martin throws and you're having small talk with somebody and, and you're like, what are you up to tomorrow? And they're like, oh, I'm, I'm working on my daughter's playhouse, man. Hey, can I come help? You need another hand? I, you know, I'm, 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 I built a lot of shit in my day. I don't mind coming over. I got nothing to do tomorrow. Right? Like that's going to throw somebody off. Like, oh, I oh, just yeah. met somebody and they're offering to come help. But guess what? Throwing somebody off is good because they're going to meet a lot of fucking gray people in a day. And if they see a, a bright red person and they're going to be like, oh, it's that bright red person. Right. And yeah, they may not say they may not actually offer for you to come help, but it's going to set something apart in their head. So be truly willing to help people, you know? Yeah. If, 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 if you're a freaking mechanic and you want to learn how to become an entrepreneur and you reach out like, Hey, you know, I'm a ASE certified, you know, Toyota mechanic is anything that you need help with because I'm looking for help in this Yeah. because you have an expertise that they don't have. Right. And that's, um, guess what? A lot of these groups that deal with the, um, the single mother, um, homeless and the, um, trying to think the, uh, even the, the traffic women and stuff, you know, they have vehicles and, you know, they are always looking for people that, Hey, can you run a small program where once a month, you know, they can bring their cars in and just get them tuned up or fix whatever needs to be fixed and it'll be funded by the donations. Right. But just donate your time and skills. There's a lot of that out there. A lot of those specific programs. So yeah, if you have a mechanics background, boom, easy. They're starving for that. So yeah, so that was, that was, you know, that was my point with that was like, don't, don't underestimate what, what helping someone accomplish their goal or accomplish their task. Don't underestimate the power that that has. You know, I had a kid come up to me this week and never, I've never seen the kid at the gym before. He's like a short, dark hair, maybe 25, 30 year old with a beard. Nice kid, but he was, he was deadlifting and I haven't deadlifted in a few weeks. Um, cause my knee is all bashed up for my nine year old knee button me in my knee. Um, <laughs> but it felt good this week. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll start to, you know, so I'll start to work up and see where we, where we, where we can go without causing any pain. And when I, when I start to get heavy, I'll take a few minutes in between sets. Right. And I'm just kind of sitting over looking at my phone, changing the song. And he comes over and he like taps me. Right. Cause I got my headphones in and he wants to talk to me. And he taps me and I'm like, oh yeah, what's up? And he's like, man, how do you create that explosive power out of the bottom? You know, and he just asked a question, right? And I gave him the best suggestions that I could, you know, like, first of all, my explosive power at 225 and your explosive power at 225 are going to be very different because 225 is close to your max. 500 is my max, right? So there's going to be a big yeah. difference there. And then, you know, when, you, when you're doing your squats, go light and go deep. Make sure you get that that depth in your hips so that you can get the hamstring connection and the glute connection so that you, when you rip the weight out of the bottom of your deadlift, you're not using your back, you're using your entire body, right? And there's all these different little suggestions I gave the kid. But it was like, he just, you know, he just wanted some help. Yeah. And, and that's just, you have something to give people. You do, no matter who you are. And so when you start to get more comfortable with who you are and you are offering to help people, that's going to build good relationships. Now, don't get taken advantage of, you know, but definitely offer to help people. Um, show interest in people's passions. And they might not be your passions, but if you, you know, if, if you're talking to somebody you think you want to become better friends with, um, 
have them teach you about their passions. There's no better way to get someone really invested in you than to ask them to teach you about something that they know about. Holy shit. For one, it gives them something to talk about. For two, they get to show off their knowledge. And for three, they get to actually talk about shit that they enjoy talking about. Yeah. People like talking about their, they like to talk and teach. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's going to be kind of a, there's a, there's a place issue here is where do you find good people? But then there's an, also a actionable data, right? An actionable knowledge. Like how do you actually connect with people? And it's the weirdest thing to say, but if you're not naturally gifted at that, it's going to take some practice. And we were at, we were at Menards one time. And this dude had to have been doing some sort of online course in like human connection. Had to have, because it was awkward, right? But he came up, he's like, hey, you guys from around here? And we're like, yeah. And every answer that we had, he had another question. Like he would, he, like it was almost like he, he was, <laughs> it, it was almost like it was a game on Just how it long, out. it was almost like it was a game on how long he could keep us talking to him. Is that's what, that's almost what it seemed like. Oh yeah. But you could tell that he was, he was, it was an act, it was a an activity that he was practicing. He wasn't just randomly meeting us at Menards, right? Like <laughs> it was some sort of a, of a practicing online. Sure. It wasn't creepy. What, no, it wasn't creepy at all. <laughs> um, it was very much like almost like he was in a networking group and they're like one of his homework assignments was literally to go talk to strangers for 20 oh, minutes. Wow. You know, he didn't work for Northwestern mutual, did he? Oh my God. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. I, I can't remember who I was. I was listening to a podcast. This is years ago. And somebody was talking about a, a a program that they were either part of or that they had started to get these like to get shy people out of their box. Yeah. Right. And the final like graduating activity or the final graduating thing they had to do is they literally had to smash a watermelon on the floor at a grocery store. Oh, really? And then help clean it up. <laughs> and it was like it's like that sounds so stupid. But when you're in a busy grocery store and you're like, I'm gonna, this is going to be so fucking embarrassing. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to break this fucking watermelon on the floor. Wow. And, and But it's little shit like that. Like, practice these things, man. Practice talking to people. Yeah. And don't do it just because you need to do network marketing. Oh, it's, my God. It's died down over the years, but. It, it, it has died down or people have gotten genuinely better at it. So you don't know that they're completely full of shit while they're networking with you. Well, yeah, usually if the path of the conversation start leading to, so you ever thought about running your own business? Uh, <laughs> See, I think they're more organic than that now. So what do you have for life insurance? Yeah, oh, yeah. Or, uh, do you like using, uh, um, what, what are the kind of Rubbermaid uh, containers you use? You know, they're uh, not BPA-free and blah, blah, blah. But if you <laughs> sign up under me, I can get you discounts. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't, do, I don't do this for the money, but, you know, you can be a millionaire because, you know. Multi-level marketing. I got a funny story about multi-level marketing. My brother, my brother's father-in-law, right? So his wife's, no, grandfather-in-law. So his wife's grandpa worked for, I don't even think I'm going to say the name because we can't guarantee that it's a fucking Ponzi scheme, but it seems a lot like a Ponzi scheme. Oh, no, you should say the name. Prime America. Never heard of that one. Okay. So bank or what? It, kind of. A life insurance, bank, weird situation here, right? And so her grandpa had some $1,500 invested life insurance for her, right? And he, and, he, and he told her five years ago about it. And he's like, you can add to it or you can just cash it out or whatever. And she's like, I'll just cash it out. 
It's literally been five years of like all this different runaround to get the fucking payout from this $1,200 life insurance policy she had since she was like six. Like, we need an updated social security card. And she's like, I just updated my social security. Yeah, but we need it updated with this new government stamp. Like, all this ridiculous shit, right? And so my brother's like, like, we don't even care. But every time we go to a family function, her grandpa's like pitching me on this. Like, he worked there for 20 years. And he's pitching me. We got to get you set up with with Bob. Bob knows exactly what he's doing. And he's like, I just want to tell him, like, I wouldn't touch his fucking company with a 10-foot pole because for $1,200, it's taken me three years. So can you imagine if I actually needed a real fucking payout from this shithole company? And so he starts to look it up. And he's Googling and he's reading all this different stuff. And it sounds like it's like a multi-level marketing, but for but for financial services is what it sounds oh, like. Like a and revenue sharing Kind scam? of like a revenue yeah. sharing scam, but maybe not scam worthy. Just like that's how they build it. And they're maybe a little bit unscrupulous with their business practices. Like, oh, we didn't get your payment for this, you know, this life insurance and your husband happened to die a day later sorry we can't pay out on your million dollar policy like shitty shit like that right and uh so he's like i start reading into their their different training tactics and it's literally how his fucking grandpa is trying to pitch him he's like this dude worked there 20 years ago and he's still got the same fucking like they brainwashed his ass oh my goodness yeah i don't want to make clear when i talk about conferences i'm not talking about the rah-rah multi-level marketing conferences because they do that it's like i think uh one's uh worldwide dream builders they used to be like amway oh yeah and they just keep evolving the name because basically people call them out what was the nutrition one Shackley? no more recent they had uh, they had had it at the gym too yeah they had it everywhere i i could see you buying into that one oh you never bought it i had a friend that did Advocare. Advocare, that's the one, yeah. Because you can look at the stuff is overpriced because well, all that is, overhead is just going into basically moves up the top of the chain. And nobody understands that right, it's the it's the toothpaste thing. So I don't know if I, I don't know if I've talked about it on here, but toothpaste was invented for fifty years before it ever became a habit because there was never an actionable feeling, right? You never felt like you did something because it had no flavor. Yeah. The minute they put peppermint in, you had a clean flavor and it gave you a, a sensory uh, reaction. And all of a sudden, overnight, toothpaste became popular, right? And so there's certain ingredients that you can put in anything. Caffeine is one of them. And make it so that you feel like it worked, right? And yeah. they had this this spark. Remember spark? That was the big one oh, that they that had. One Everybody yeah. used. They like, oh, it's it's great. I like, I feel good. It's got all these nutri- nutrients and all this other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, and a fuckload of caffeine. Well, yeah, but it's got all this. No, no, no. You're literally feeling the fuckload of caffeine. That's all you're doing. You're drinking a Red Bull. Like that's fine if you yeah. want to drink it, but don't fool yourself into thinking that this three dollar you know juice packet that you put in your water is is some magical fucking shit that you need to buy from them. Oh, like yeah. you might you could mainline some fucking caffeine and you're gonna feel the same. Yeah, but like Advocare, Amway, which is now Worldwide Gym Builders, which is probably something else by now, is these conferences are not conferences; they're just pep rallies. They're pep rallies to keep you in the program. And I'm telling you that these are not the people that you want to meet. Unfortunately, there's probably some good people in there, but the problem is, you know, when you're at these conferences, the friendships and relationships and the ties are only there as long as you're part of that cult. Uh, I use cult because that's just how it works. Because the minute that you're not part of that, boom, 
you're gone. So those aren't the relationships you want to build. It's, you know, one of the big, the key words is to be genuine. And you need to go to these places and find genuine people. But yeah, not at these mock conference pep rallies. Yeah. We cover pretty much everything we need to cover with, with uh, engineering your circle. Is there anything else we need to add? Man, I don't know. You probably go on forever on these things, but it's it's so important to people you surround yourself with. So if you're one of those that thinks you need to like retreat to a cabin in the middle of nowhere, guess what? Uh, there's not a lot of people that that's not a real practical thing. Hold on, hold on, pause, pause. Unless you talk to a volleyball, there is a there is a social battery charging element that comes to a situation like a detached cabin in the woods or for a portion of for time. a portion of yeah. time. Yes. You're not yeah. going to live there. You're not going to build anything from there. Um, you can learn something, dra- you know, without distraction from there, but don't poo poo on the fucking cabin in the middle of nowhere <laughs> once in a while. Yes. Right. A, a, a week, a quarter, a week, every six months or whatever you can, you know, you can do something. There is some, there is some benefit to a social recharging yes. of such. Yes, because, uh, I mean, I'm an introvert, so as an introvert, we recharge by ourselves. And yeah, I've been really thinking about, you know, okay, the vacations I take, I like to be by myself, and I like to not have my cell phone, like, you know, on me all the time. So that's, I would say that's the best way. If I challenge you to recharge, which is completely aside from what we're talking about today. Yeah, totally aside. Is, is yeah, learn to go places by yourself. You learn to go to a restaurant by yourself and learn to shut that phone off. Um, so that was off the side topic. Yeah, it would, it would me, you know, you just said cabin in the woods and it kind of was like, oh, oh I'm pretty excited about finding a cabin in the woods <laughs> with no distractions. But yes, there's some people that keep telling me, that, oh, I'm anti-social. I wish I could just get to cabin in the woods. And you know what? That's ends up not being realistic because you know introverts the- need other people. You know what I tell them. those people? What's that? Is you're just sick of the shitty people that are in your life. That's all it is. Yeah, that's a good. You one, don't yeah. need to be by yourself. You just have too much shitty people in your life. That's like saying, you know, what? I'm sick of electricity. This, you know, you're hooked. You're hooked up to a fucking to a shock a shock machine, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, God, I'm so sick of electricity. Yeah, you're sick of electricity until you're fucking frozen. Yeah, right. Like you're just shocking yourself. You're shocking yourself with shitty, annoying people, and I get it. Like we, a lot of us work with shitty people. You know, we have shitty you know we were just talking about last night can you imagine having a neighbor that you hate we're talking with some cops there's some the the event we were at last night we're talking with some cops and they're like that that is the worst to deal with because it's little literally be calls on each other constantly yeah blew their grass in my yard they threw you know threw sticks in my yard it's all the shit and it's just like man i can't imagine having to deal with somebody that lived literally shared a, a lot line with me that i hated yeah that'd be the worst I mean, I think they end up moving out anyway because too much. Somebody does. Yeah. Somebody ends up moving. But, you know, what you said just basically reinforces, I mean, how important it is to have a solid inner circle of people. So you have that, then you're not worried about, you know, permanently placing yourself in a cabin in the woods. Yep. Nothing wrong with the cabin in the woods. Nope. For recharging, not for living. Yep. All right, I think that's uh I think we got everything. I was just trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to spit out. Um I will finish the Fauci book and we'll break into that because there's some Do you know he's been in charge of national public health since 84? Yeah. 
what the fuck? I had no idea. That's why I'm like, how so the com- hell does this guy keep this job? So not, I will, I'll give you a little, I'll give you one little taste of where this book is going and then we'll actually do a podcast episode on it. But not that they are blaming Anthony Fauci for the explosion of disease and um, oh, anti-autoimmune diseases, right? Because these are never a problem in the past. And the crazy uptake in um, autism, like these are all, these are all things that, that have blown up since he's been in charge, right? Yeah. He's not at fault for these things, but he is 100% at fault for us not understanding what the real cause was for these things and organizing public policy to get us away from whatever caused these, right? Because yeah. these are all things that done with, with the right scientific funding and the right double-blind placebo studies done, we would be able to tell what is causing the massive influx in autoimmune diseases. But the problem here is, is it's pretty likely what's causing a lot of this stuff pays their bills. Yeah, he gets a ton of kickbacks. Yeah. He's admitted to that. Yeah. So, well, he's retired now, so now a story can go out. Now the story can go out. <laughs> All right, I think that's a wrap. All right,